be one roll away from legendary and attend the Rising Phoenix Game Con at the Milford Doubletree April 21st through 23rd. You can play games, run games, meet like-minded individuals and gamers. Get your tickets now for Rising Phoenix Game Con. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your Dungeon Masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Presents? We have presents. Yes, I've often been told I have quite a presence. No, you haven't. You got to put cricket sounds in that <laughs> pause right there. <laughs> I have some too. We have a book, and it's not from Wizards of the Coast. Dun dun dun. Yes, it's a good book. It's a it looks it. It's it's a glorious tome, and it is the cover is graced by a beautiful depiction of a battle scene and you know what makes it you know what makes it beautiful the orcs make it beautiful and you know why the orcs make it beautiful do tell i want to know why the orcs observe regard the orcs Uh, allow me to to you're trying to make me do this without my glasses they are they're pig-faced orcs they're They're, foreseen in appearance and that is how orcs were in the old they were they were uh pig-like in appearance not you know, not entirely different than the Gamorrean guards, though. Yeah, the, yeah, just um, not green, usually. Or morbidly obese. And morbidly obese, yes. Yeah. And uh, often they wore clothes. Yes, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, armor and, and the whatnot. These orcs on the front cover are dressed in kind of like a pseudo-samurai sort of scale armor. Sounds like you're talking something from way, way back when. I am. Well, please take a moment and explain why we're uh, perusing this particular piece of of wondrous artwork. Uh, Because, A, we are old and nostalgic. And remember it. Yep. Uh, The few things we remember. (laughs) Um, And, B, Lewis has serious spending issues. Um, (laughs) Which can be often confirmed by his wife when he comes in and goes, I've been shut off from Amazon. Uh, again, yet he still buys again. shit. Yeah. Thank God she doesn't <laughs> listen. If she does, I'm sorry. You're now in trouble. I'm going to be in trouble. Um, uh, it, it's nothing she doesn't already know about. So this is a fifth edition conversion and classic homage to module. That's what they call adventures. Modules. And what I and, still call them. Yes, and they should still call them those. B1, they were they were numbered and, and alphabetized. Yeah, and lettered. Uh, in search of the unknown, and B two, the keep on the borderlands. Two of my favorites, keep on the borderlands was was my first. Yes, you. This is the this is the the you were deflowered by the yes, borderlands. This is the module <laughs> that took the D and D virginity of many of us in the late seventies, early eighties. Uh, keep on the borderlands, and this has been beautifully converted to uh, fifth edition by 
Goodman games, uh, specifically Chris Doyle and Tim Wadzinski. Thank you, gentlemen. Yes. It's got the same cover, the same yep. cover art. It is far larger than Keep on the Borderlands or In Search of the Unknown, but I think that is because it is a a perhaps later rendition of both modules. Um, I think modules back then were, what, maybe 60 pages? 50, 50 to 70, 50, I would say. Yeah, yeah, 50 to 70. But keep in mind, the old modules left a lot of artistic license for the Game Master. A ton. About 40 pages worth <laughs> of artistic license. Um, to say nothing of the the lack of description on several of the monsters, uh, magic items, some of the places you went. And as Lou was so gracious to point out, a lot of that has been rectified in this particular tome. Where yes, yeah. it's been added to. So when they fifth edified it, they decided to flesh out those descriptions. So the page count has uh, exponentially gone up. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why many of the people from our generation of, you know, not just D&D, but gaming in general, because D&D was not the only Oh, by no means. Game. And not even the first. Right. Why we function better with less rules and less just stuff and fluff, because that's... We didn't have it. We didn't have any of it. <laughs> Right, it's like, well, I don't need a rule for that. Well, why don't you need a rule for that? Because I can, I can d- deal with it on the fly. Well, you can't do that. Oh yes, oh yes, you can, good sir. So I, I beseech all the youngsters to come over to the dark side, because we use less paper, <laughs> and trees we're, were safer. We're we're better for the environment. But this is this is a beautifully thick book, and it's hardcover when the modules weren't. That's right. True. They were um they were they were eight and a half by eleven. They were more magazines than anything else, you know, higher quality paper, thicker thicker paper than the magazines. Much thicker cover too. Is- yeah. But it was still a a lightweight portable adventure that you can spend a couple evenings, perhaps a month worth of gameplay if you meet once a week. Yep. Uh playing. And this brings back waves and waves of 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 nostalgia, and that's or, just the cover. And that's that is just we, ha- that's we haven't just cracked the cover. it yet. Yeah. So this is from the basic set of Dungeons and Dragons. There was basic, expert, advanced. Well, it was basic, expert, master. Yeah. Was it masters, companion, and then there was there was one where you could achieve like immortality and stuff like that. And I thought that was kind of bullshit, but I own it. Nonetheless, <laughs> but uh, that was the basic set, which much like um, Homo sapien and Neanderthal, it coexisted with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which was a different game almost entirely. I genuinely thought he was going to say Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. <laughs> I genu- I genuinely thought he was going to say they existed with Bill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think they already know that, right? That, well, I mean, yeah, the listeners I think that, already already know that. If you listen to more yeah. than four episodes, <laughs> you had these two games when we were growing up, and uh, they were both Dungeons and Dragons, but they were it was some copyright stuff going on where you know Gary Gygax. I know I always mispronounce his name, and I Gygax. think it's Gygax. Yeah, Gygax. I think of Tim Cask in yes, the background, uh, you know, 
correcting me on that. I'll get it eventually. No, he won't. Probably not. Not. I will try so hard to. There's some tricks that that old dog will not learn. But I, I think I think he he was doing the advanced Dungeons and Dragons game, and there was some conflict with was it Dave Arneson? Yeah, yeah, Black he Moore. did the basic set though yeah. too, didn't he? I don't know, such a long time ago, but it all blends together. Yeah, and and, and, and Lou will fact check us and and yeah, tell us we're and, wrong, tell us we're wrong, or or just delete stuff that we say because he knows how to use the Google. But I will say, in one of these days, I would really like to sit down and share with our listeners the rules cyclopedia, which was like. From Dungeons and Dragons, not Advanced Dungeons and yep. Dragons, or AD and D two point five or three or three point or every incarnation four. after that. Um, Don't say that. But yeah, that's a four letter word. It is. Yeah, it is. He just got it. Um, <laughs> and uh, there, there's layers to that. You know, very clever. Um, but the Rules Cyclopedia was perhaps the best. I would say a most complete version of the D and D rules. Um, that was ever ever written, in my opinion. Other people would would disagree, I'm sure. But you get a nice you get a nice table of contents in in this book. The paper quality is is nice. I mean, it's yep. it's it's heavy. In, inside cover, yeah. Inside what, cover. What do you, you see? You you get a map. You know, so there's yeah. But not only is it just a map, but it's on yeah. graph paper. Graph paper. <laughs> Our maps were on graph paper. They weren't fancy. There were nope. a lot of lines and blocks and stuff like that. And uh, blue backgrounds, but I I really like how they they didn't like kind of they, upscale the they map. They didn't try know. to ma- modernize it, right? And there's a lot of the old artwork, like the the minotaurs and stuff like that. That that were well, this minotaur I don't I don't remember this this one, but I remember the one wearing the the chain armor with the short sleeves. And Actually, I think this is a fiend. It's hard to tell. Yeah, well, it was hard to tell back then too. Yeah, yeah, true. it was. And nobody cared. It was well, like, they did yeah, artwork, and it went, oh, we need something for this. Eh, close Drop enough. in there. That'll work. <laughs> you get 369 pages. It's a beefy tome. That is a textbook, only it's it's not shitty to read. <laughs> you know, that's the biggest difference. And But I, you will be quizzed at the end. But you, you, you <laughs> By your players, will. but you will be quizzed at the end. So one of the things I, I like to do is when there's a book like this, I like to open it, and it made a horrible sound, and I thought I thought I saw uh, Lewis wince, but it was some cracking noise. But this this book, as massive as massive as it is, when I open it up, it's opened about roughly halfway. Yeah, it lays flat, right? And that's important because if you're running the game and you got the book open, and it's got this beautiful uh, bookmark. Thing. I don't even know. There's a fancy word for it. I don't, I don't remember it. Bookmark? No, this little... Th- it's a little cloth The cloth tab. thingy yeah. that... The cloth bookmark. There's got to be a fancy word for it. I bet you the I'm, British invented it. I'm sure the other end of it's up here on the top. Yeah. So. so that's nice. You keep your place very easily. But if you're running a game, right, you got a table full of people sitting around. You don't want to keep trying to find that page or stick a, a pencil in there because you know the page you know the pages want to go flipping back and there's nothing more frustrating than that so in that aspect that's pretty well that's pretty that, well that, thought that's out. part of a tribute to the heavyweight paper they're using yep which i mean it's easy to go chintzy on stuff and, like and this. a lot it's of it too is charge a lot because of it's such a large book it's the way it's bound you know helps assist that as well yes it's um it's i mean we never had the problem like you know, with the book closing up, 
with the modules because they were never big enough and you could always bend the shit out of them to get them to lay flat anyway, you know? <laughs> and they're held together by staples. Staples. Yeah. So two staples. That's it. Yeah. Um, this, I mean, and I opened up to another map and it's, it's, um, I'm going to say it's the same map from keep on the borderlands. We did a brief little skim through and we'll flip you back here a little bit. That's the back cover to B1. Yep. The act is all they did was just scan it and print it. And the front cover artwork is the same thing. Yeah. And they the, had the original artwork from, from the maps. There was something from the, uh, modules. about the artwork back then that, uh, it certainly wasn't, wasn't as, as good as the artwork n- now, or uh, maybe, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. It was, let's take a moment to talk about our sponsor. Are you a veteran DM with more campaign ideas than prep time? Yeah, of course you are. Aren't we all? What if I were to tell you that I could put a team of professional writers alongside you at your desk to cut down on your campaign prep? What if I were to tell you that you could bring them along with you at your game sessions for when those pesky players go off the rails? Sounds pretty good, huh? With Describe, we could do just that. These narratives vividly describe monsters, places, spells, people, you name it. It's there. And there are more than 6,000 of these easy-to-search-up, copy-and-pastable, beautifully written narratives right at your fingertips. When I was prepping for an Acorns journey, a DMD story, I used Describe quite a bit. When you listen, you can hear it. One of the things I like the most about Describe is that if the narrative doesn't fit perfectly with your encounter, it's easy to modify while still sounding really good. Describe has graciously provided us with a discount for our listeners. Head on over to Describe.com backslash DMD. Use the code DMD at checkout to try Describe for two weeks free. Links will be in the show notes. And now, back to the show. It conveyed fantasy. It conveyed, like, fantastic stuff going on. Well, every picture, for the most part, told a story. It wasn't like a headshot. Yep. You know, there's a glamour shot of this and a glamour shot of that, and, oh, a dragon. All right, and here you find a dragon, and he's usually starting to breathe fire or trying to, and there's a group of people trying to defend themselves and or attack, and then there was the background. I mean, you all these pieces of artwork convey a story. Yep. You know, where yeah. artwork today is, they're, they're looking for the beauty shot. Yeah, um, it's like And don't get me wrong, models. it's gorgeous. It, it is. But that's the diff- it's a different style of artwork. Yes, it is. And the thing with the artwork conveying a story is, especially on the front cover, because let's be, let's be honest, people judge a book by its cover, right? Quite literally. Yeah. And you, you look at this and I remember going to the tin soldier, pony soldier, dragon's lair, dragon's lair. And, and all those three Oh, three ninety one darts and hobby or three Oh one darts. And all those three Oh one, all those long dead gaming shops that were in our area and looking through the modules and going, this is what's going on. And that that picture kind of jumped out at you and you're like, cool, there's gonna be there's gonna be adventure. There's gonna be like a mushroom forest. I can see my players or myself as one of those adventurers depicted on the front cover. That's because I think at least the way I look at it, that it while it's primitive by today's standards, the yep. artwork it will. It was a primitive and primal drawing, and that's how I see the the artwork. Yep, true. Yeah, and and it it told a tale in you know volumes, and it was still early on. So this style of artwork was still in its infancy as well. 
And you I want to. You had people like, all right, you want me to draw a what? Yeah, and a lot of these, <laughs> a lot of these guys that they had, from what I understand, and is not based on any research or anything that I've done, beyond like laying in bed and 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 watching uh, Dave Wiles YouTube videos. You know, that's that's <laughs> that's my research I conduct. But a lot of these guys were comic book artists in yes. some way, shape, or form. So it had a a comic booky kind of kind of feel and look to it, especially when you got the colored drawings. Because they were bright, yes, you know, and 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 vibrant colors, and and I think that's why they told a tale, right? Because you pick up a comic book, there's no narrative in that. Mostly, mm-hmm. you need to figure out what's going on by watching the action shots, and the action shots were big and over the top, especially the full page action shot, and that's what you're getting, yeah, in the artwork for the covers and and a lot of the your chapter breaks. Uh, you find a couple of really nice pieces in the middle. I don't know. I don't know so much about the the modules, but I know some of the other publications are out there, like you know Polyhedron and White Dwarf. You actually had centerfolds in there, yeah, yep, uh, with huge pieces of artwork that were Beautiful. really really nice. Beautiful, but, but to have artwork like this in there and not not try to hire artists to reproduce it or make it make it different or or better or whatever have you is is really cool because. Well, yeah, if you're printing the original modules, I mean, granted they've been modified, but you don't need to modify the artwork. No, you don't, because what is what is this artwork and this even it's even the the actual adventurer is laid out much in the same fashion. Yes, that that it was like some forty years ago. But what that does is, you know, I'm I'm looking at the, and I know this this is why Lou bought it. You know, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm remembering like every time I sat down and ran keep keep on the Borderlands, and had a blast. Or every time I played keep on the Borderlands, it's a nostalgia. Even oh, if, yeah. even if we're never going to play this, yeah, right. It's it's that nostalgia piece. So people from our generation are going to want to have it to uh, have. I it can for, see someone of our age thumbing through this and reading it. And even if they, like I said, even if they didn't never plan on running it. Just to read it through and go, all right, who was that at my table? And, you know, yeah. oh, it, it, it was Lou and it was Scott. Um, and who, oh, who else was it? Rob was there and his brother Mike. And, oh, geez, oh, and there's someone else. Oh, it'll come to me. It'll come. And, you know, the, the nostalgic yep. juices finally start flowing. And who knows what kind of interest this, something like this could rekindle from someone who stepped away from the game for yeah. a while. You know, and one of their friends goes, hey, remember this? You well, know. And that's exactly why I bought the, the yeah. books because they reminded me so much of the old the old games. Yeah. Yep. And you know, you know, just reading just looking at this book brings back memories not necessarily related to this, but it's like, you mm-hmm. know, there was all the uh was it Castle of the Silver Princess, yep. the X modules uh for the experts set, Isle of yep. Dread and stuff like that. Just the vibe and the feel you get from this because the basic set introduced you to the game and it was like a dungeon crawl yeah the expert set actual dungeon crawl yeah the expert set opens it up to wilderness exploration shows you the rest of the world yeah and it had a beautifully uh set up world the the whole campaign world of mistara Mm -hmm. and you got bits and pieces you got little tastes of it in the different uh in basic and an expert and it was such a very well 
plotted out world and had one of the best, I think the only gazetteer series in, in, in the game. And those were fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, that is hands down my favorite D and D world. I'll give you that. Yeah. Is is, is Mistara. But even then it's like, you know what, uh, for someone like my oldest son, um, plays D and D and other tabletop RPGs, which is, you know, which is nice to see because it's a hobby that I loved and I hope, you know, at, at some point in time, if he hasn't already, you know, he'll develop that same kind of joy out of, out of the game and playing it and having fun. And perhaps, you know, if it's still around when, when his, his child is of an age to play it, you know, he would get that same joy out of it, but this is a way to kind of, um, and Lou has kids too. Uh, like this is, this is what we had. This is like, you know, the module series that I remember exactly yeah. the most. Yep. Uh, the only, the only difference is it's just been converted to fifth ed. Yeah. And, and very well. Uh, the too. artwork like, is all really, original. It's, it, yep. it's all, and it's reproduced very well. Mm-hmm. And hardcover. Yep. You know, so it's, it's solid and it weighs a ton. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's heavy. It is a beefy book. You can. You can beat someone to death with it, quite literally. Um, Don't mind the blood stain on that corner. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you how much you paid for it, but apparently you didn't. You. <laughs> it's. Be careful where you go to pick up your Craigslist yeah. stuff, people. <laughs> Just like the back of the game, right? The back of the book yep. has a couple pages of of advertisements. And every single everything you bought from TSR had that same thing where you have a couple advertisements for either uh, different different books in the series or or remember Dragon Magazine. Yeah, Dragon Magazine even had White Dwarf. White Dwarf. And you've yep. always seen those two in the back. Um, another one they were pitching the RPGA quite a bit so you, and you can get your free subscription for yeah. for polyhedron yes. magazine yep. you know so those were pitched back there uh, and then you could you know the few gaming shops a lot of them were out uh, in midwest where the, you yep. know the game started yeah. and things like that so there's a few ga- big gaming shops that would advertise there and once again our dragon's lair advertised back there quite a bit too yep. yeah so but they have uh it's dungeon crawl classics lankmar they show all the books in their their series a very old timey looking uh, dungeon crawl classics advertisement on the other side of advertising ad, page, yeah. And then they have a bunch of bunch of the old the old artwork front and back covers, and uh, it's just it's so cool. He's drooling. I you know it's a nostalgic drool going. Yeah, I I you know it's for me it's waves of nostalgia. I feel like I'm you know like twelve years old again sitting on my bed in my bedroom reading this book getting ready for you know uh game night now see i i look at it slightly different bill was 67 at the time i was 12 so <laughs> i i never ran the modules i i would read through them and i'd pull them apart and use pieces of different modules and put it together and make my own encounters so i don't think i think the only one i ever actually ran was the gauntlet that's and an oldie that's yep. real, yeah, and um, yeah, they didn't even have color. The cover was green and white. A lot of them were like that too. Yeah, a lot yeah. of the, a lot of these, they were the, um, they would sell uh, convention modules. Yeah, and they were just like 
like a pale, like like uh, like generic food from uh, Jimmy Carter's administration, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where you bought a can of carrots with a white label that said carrots in black font on it. Um, One of the funnest he ever bought was a, a, a case of beer. Yeah. And it was a white can with black letter. It just said beer. beer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you damn kids don't know how good you have it. We lived through the satanic panic. The Carter administration with gas lines the and thirty-two ge- thirty-two pound tub of you know government peanut butter. Yep, they had to stir every time because you know four quarts of oil settled the oil, to the top. Yeah. <laughs> yep, uh, they didn't have to have those chips with that. Oh, what was that? Um, Olestra. Yeah, Olestra. Olestra. <laughs> you read the back of the bag and and it said may cause anal leakage. I'm like anal leakage. I don't want a fucking potato chip that bad. I don't want. I don't want. It. I don't want my butt to leak. What oil's <laughs> gonna leak out of my butt? Yeah, because your body couldn't digest That's it. The, I get. Yeah, yeah it passed like, straight through. Is, yeah, I'd- yeah. No thanks. That was <laughs> that was at the peak of Richard Simmons' popularity, where everything was everything was fat free, and uh, nobody had any sort of like uh, estrogen or testosterone because they didn't have enough fat in their system to produce hormones. So. <laughs> Uh, everybody who worked out in like their late seventies, early eighties looked like Richard Simmons. Big fan of Richard Simmons. <laughs> sweating to the oldies. We'll do our review of sweating to the oldies this summer. I'll hold out You're, for the twenty minute workout. We're, yeah, we're wait. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that one's even better with Best Moda. All right, but we <laughs> we digress. We, we digress. We usually do, but how how much was this absolutely beautiful book? That book uh, was $50. $50. You know what? I'm going to say that, see, I mean, our, our Wizards of the Coast books are around this this yep. price range. Yep. And about 100 pages smaller. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If And that's giving it a lot of credit. This is, this. I'd pay like 75 for this book, but I'm. That's I, what I expect you to say, 65, 70 bucks. Yeah. So. Nope, that one, was, I believe, was 50. Fifty dollars is a reasonable price, in my opinion. That's for a pretty a book cheap. Of this quality. That's a pretty cheap ticket to go down memory lane. It, it is. It and is. Well, and if you want to run them, you have two yeah. modules there. You yeah. have yeah, two, you have two good, modules, really so big yeah. ones too. Beefy. Yeah. Um, you could. I mean, you won't. Just with the stuff in this book, you probably won't get a year's worth of play out yeah. of it. Um, but you'll get a decent amount of play. I mean, you'll get a, a few months. Oh yeah depending on how fast your players move through things, but you will get an idea of what the game was like back when we first started. Um, If you started around the time we did, you'll get a whole bunch of nostalgia. I think everybody has been to the Borderlands that's ever played D&D, and if you haven't, take a trip. You need to go. Take a trip. Uh, It is a good introductory module. If I was to run a game, a uh, the first game for a group of like brand new players or kids at like a, a school D and D club or something. Yeah. I would reach for keep on the borderlands. I would try to print out a PDF of the old game, but now I wouldn't have to because there's this beautiful book. It'd be in my library did. and a hell of a, what's the word I'm looking value. Yeah. 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 Well, th- I think about it. How much was that? We did a, a review on that. Um, Stranger things. How much was that? That was, you know, the empty box? Yeah, the empty box was like $24. Somewhere around there. Yeah. Okay. Um, For twice the price, you can get 100 times the material. I was about to yeah. Say the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Goodman Games, man, bravo. Kudos, guys. Kudos. Yeah. So is it worth it? 
Lewis, what do you think? For me, it definitely is worth it. I think it's more than worth it. I think it's a necessity for anyone that started pre, you know, 2.0. Yes. You, you have to get this. You have to get this. Yeah. And, and even if you didn't, if you started to 2.5, somewhere there, all right, you need to see where your roots are. This is the ancestor right here. And, That's th- right. and this is where you need to go to see where everything came from. So, yeah, absolutely. Well Must. said. Very well said. And and if you didn't, if you're just getting into the game, this is worth it. This yes, is worth it's it. The even perfect game to, to start off. It, it absolutely is, and I, I I hope they do more. I hope they have more because uh, the overtime at work is still coming. So I think uh, I, I think I might be uh, going to the Goodwin Games website and, and and seeing what they got in store just to grace my bookshelf with it because he has the disease. Yes, he does. I love it. And that's our look into the borderlands. We'll see you next time in the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.